0: I'm supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice. What? we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodge this. I'm the best in the world. And that's the bottom line. Because don't go sets up. Alright, welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the Steak Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Bugs Bryant. Let's get right into it. We had an easy cover with the Patriots after they put up 250 through the mud on 38 carries as Rex Burkhead chugged in three touchdowns, two by land, one by airmail, where they put up with final score 36-20. to 20. Patriots cashed on the touchdown spread and hit the over 47 by nine points. It's the second time already this season that the Patriots have managed to get over 200 yards on the ground. Now let's shift over to the Titans game. Steven Guskowski has managed to put a terrible week one behind him where he went one for four and one for two on extra points on that night. He's now been perfect from the field and has only missed one extra point since and the Titans needed all six of his field goals on Sunday as they failed to cover their two and a half spread but still managed to squeak out a 31-30 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Koskowski's field goals were 39 31 30 51 54 and 55 and he's hit game winners in each of the first three weeks for the 3-0 titans multiple times in that game the titans looked like they were ready to pull away from the vikings but they couldn't find themselves an answer for dalvin cook who got himself a career high 181 yards on the ground and got himself across the goal line rookie justin jefferson had a monster day as well accounting for 175 of kirk cousins 251 yards and landing a 71 yard touchdown for the highlight reels where he squeezed between two titans defenders before dancing his way into the end zone some betting notes here the titans have started 3-0 in on three previous occasions in club history and have reached the playoffs all three times On the flip side of that, the Vikings, who are now 0-3, have missed the playoffs the last three times that they've started 0-3. Our first tie, and hopefully last tie of the season, goes to the Cincinnati Bungles and the Philadelphia Measles, who couldn't do enough to separate from each other. After a scoreless first quarter, both teams got something going in the second as they both crossed the goal line and split three field goals before the half expired, putting the Eagles up 13-10. The Eagles, who already been depleted by injuries, also lost Goddard and d by halftime, leaving Carson Wentz to go 225 with one touchdown and two interceptions with a 7-yard rushing TD that tied the game on the other side rookie qb joe burrow finished for 312 yards and two touchdowns both getting caught by t higgins but neither team was able to get much going in overtime and with seconds remaining on the clock the eagles were in position to attempt a game winner from 59 but a false start pushed that back making what would have been a 64-yard attempt and the eagles instead decided to punt instead of trying for the field goal to take the tie Uh, Carolina upsets the Chargers 21-16 as Joey Sly puts up five field goals on the day and Teddy Bridgewater plays an efficient 22 of 28 for 235 and a touchdown. And Justin Herbert has himself another solid performance, throwing 49 times on the day, completing 35 for 330, one touchdown, one interception. Now, after back-to-back 300-yard games by a rookie quarterback that you drafted with the sixth pick, what do you do about Tyrod Taylor? The plan was to let Tyrod be the veteran plug-and-play guy while they brought Herbert along, but now through two weeks, the kid's 57 for 82 with 641 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I can't even imagine he's had much time to work with the ones before last week's practices because he wasn't even supposed to start the week before. That was a game-time decision after the doctors stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the lungs. Now. I respect the hell out of Tyrod Taylor, but this guy's career has literally just been wrong place, wrong time, every time. And it looks like the Chargers might have to just give the team over to Justin Herbert going forward and see where that takes them. You spend a first-round pick on the guy, he shows he's game ready. His game completion percentages were 66 and 71 after they had game film on him. Dark Horse for Rookie of the Year? Maybe. Uh, let's switch to Seattle, where Russell Wilson throws for five touchdowns in back-to-back weeks as the Dallas Cowboys had no answer for the MVP front-runner. You could even have said he would have had six if DK Metcalf doesn't just channel his inner Deshaun Jackson and lose possession at the one for a Dallas touchback. Literally catches the ball behind the defender and doesn't secure it, just puts it beside him. Bop. Punched right out. Touchback. and. Wilson is on an absolute tear this year. He's thrown 14 touchdown passes through the first three weeks of the season. Dak played super good as well, but he continues to fall short versus winning teams. Uh, He threw for 472 and three touchdowns, but that was brought down by his two interceptions he did bring them to a very brief 31 30 lead late in the fourth but you can't leave four minutes for russell wilson to work with Uh, he only needed eight plays to go 75 yards and hit dk metcalf for the winning score seahawks covered by a touchdown Uh, they got the over 58 moving on houston continues to be victims of a brutal early schedule and that's included opening in kansas city then hosting baltimore and then traveling to pittsburgh this week where they fell 28 21 Deshaun Watson played amazingly in the first half. He went 14 of 18 for 202 and two touchdowns and took a 21-17 lead into halftime. But then Pittsburgh made some adjustment and put the clamps down in the second half, only allowing 51 yards and forcing crucial Deshaun Watson interception. This is the ninth straight game where the Steelers have managed at least to get a turnover. Pittsburgh covers the three and a half. The over 46 and a half just makes it over after a stingy second half that only had 11 points, while the first half had 38. Uh, Atlanta got a good taste of Big Dick Nick Foles as Trubisky got benched at halftime, and the Falcons gave up 20 in the fourth, blowing a 16-point lead. Foles led three touchdown drives all in the fourth, getting the go-ahead touchdown with 1 minute and 53 seconds left on the clock. And then Bears safety Deshaun Gibson sealed the victory on the next drive, intercepting Matt Ryan to move the Bears to 3-0 for the first time since 2013. Bears cover, as does the over 46, because surprise, Atlanta was playing a football game. Atlanta starts 0-3 for the first time since 2007. And (laughs) in these three games, Atlanta has blown a 16 and a 19-point lead in the second half and given up a total of 74 points in the second half. 46 in the fourth quarter specifically. The Rams make a late push in Buffalo, but Josh Allen gets the game-winning drive to survive 35-32. The Rams overcome a 25-point deficit to take a brief 32-28 lead in the fourth before the Bills take the lead with 15 seconds remaining on a clutch Josh Allen pass to Tyler Croft, moving the Bills to 3-0 and maintaining sole possession of the NFC AFC East. The Rams managed to rattle off 29 straight points though before Allen led his game winning drive to cap off his four touchdown performance. The Bills cover and the over hits by miles. Colts cover 11 and the game is under by one. No one cares about the Jets. Let's move on to the next game. Broncos struggled without lock and Brady's starting to look comfortable, completing 25 of 38 for 297 and three touchdowns as they secure a 28 10 victory over the Broncos. The Broncos tried Jeff Driscoll out at quarterback and he played up until the fourth quarter when he was replaced by Brett Ripien who completed eight of nine and the one he didn't complete was completed to the other team. Here's a weird stat line for you. Mike Evans became the third player in NFL history to finish a game with two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. Buck's cover under cash is 42 and a half. Surprise of the week, the Lions show up on a Sunday and force Kyler Murray to throw three interceptions. Stafford was a perfect 4 for 4 on the game winning drive, marking the 35th of his career, getting the Lions to the Arizona 18 with 58 seconds left, setting up Prater for the game winner, which was his 16th. Lions cover and the under 55 and a half caches. For the Sunday Nighter, we had the Packers upsetting New Orleans as A Rod threw for 283 yards and three touchdowns in his showdown with Drew Brees. Rodgers' game-winner to Robert Tonian gave Rodgers 9-0 touchdown-interception ratio on the season. Drew Brees also moved the ball well as he got 288 yards and three touchdowns. Two to Kamara who finished with 13 catches for 139 yards with 58 on the ground. The Saints did pull within seven on a Will Lutz field goal but didn't manage to get the onside that followed. Now a wise man once told me, How many times are you going to get Pat Mahomes as an underdog in the next five years? And that wise man was correct as the Chiefs were in total control before halftime, leading 27-10. to 10. Mahomes slung it for 385 and four tutters and spread the wealth to left tackle Eric Fisher and fullback Anthony Sherman, as well as usual suspects Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman. Steak Sauce Trivia Question. Send in your answers on Instagram to Steak Sauce Podcast or Twitter at Bugs Bryant. Before Eric Fisher... Who was the last number one overall draft pick to catch a touchdown pass? Answer at the end of the show. Here's an odd stat that was brought to me the other day regarding Lamar Jackson. He has never lost a game in the NFL after a 10 point lead, but if you flip that coin, he has also never won a game after trailing by 10. The Chiefs cover, extending Mahomes' streak as a dog versus the spread to 5-0-1. Here's a look at the early lines preview going into next week. Broncos open at minus two and a half, almost don't even care who the quarterback is. Their defenses look good enough to score more than the Jets offense can. Could this be a trap game? Maybe. Considering the Broncos don't have a full word on whether Drew Locke will be playing yet, but in the event they are without Lock, <clears throat> maybe just stay away from this game but the jets look so bad that the broncos should still win with how good their defense is uh the total is set at 40 and given the jets lack of scoring power so far i wouldn't expect an over but 40 is also a small number so that's a number to stay away from as well for me new orleans opens as a four and a half point favorite over the lions after dropping two straight games to the raiders and the packers the total here is set to 55. The Saints have given up 71 points in their last two outings, allowing both teams to score over 30 and allowing 23 to Tampa Bay team that had more new faces than old ones. The Lions managed to bounce back from a whooping from the Packers to upset the Cardinals who were red hot coming in and forcing Kyler Murray into three interceptions. With Stafford under center, the Lions will have a chance if New Orleans defense continues to be this porous. Another over might be the best play here. Colts opened at minus one, and the line has now shifted to minus two and a half. The Colts have made light work of the Vikings and Jets in back-to-back weeks after stumbling out of the gates to division rival Jacksonville. The Bears, on the other hand, have come out red hot with two come from behind victories against Detroit and Atlanta, in which they scored a total of 41 points in their fourth quarter of those contests. I'm leaning towards the Colts here because scoring 20 points in a fourth quarter is not sustainable as a winning method. Uh, Doing so against the Lions and Falcons also doesn't make it as impressive. But on the contrary, the Colts have yet to play a real team outside of Jacksonville. And this Thursday that just passed, Jacksonville looked like every bit of the team we expected them to be. The Bengals open as a field goal favorite at home over those same Jags I just mentioned. This total has already jumped five points from 44.5 to 49 even. Uh, Bettors are showing early faith in both teams scoring points here. I go Bengals here, but they also need to do better at establishing a ground game because you cannot have Burrow throwing it 45 times a game. I'm not sure if that's to fall on blocking or just a lack of commitment to the run game, but they need to get more balance and involve Joe Mixon more. Seattle opens as a touchdown favorite over the fish in Miami with a total of 54 and a half and until I see Russ slowing down this season you've got to follow the gravy train. The, Se- the Seahawks are 3 and 0 against the spread although Miami does get extra prep time as they were the Thursday night football game but I don't think any amount of Fitz magic can stop Russell Wilson right now. Dallas is a four and a half favorite host in Cleveland, and the total is at 55 and a half. Now this game is hilarious to me because you have two quarterbacks that refuse to beat winning quarterbacks in a game where a quarterback has to win. <laughs> Can I just bet the tie? But all, all seriousness, Dak versus teams with winning records is not exactly fruitful. Last year, he was two and six against teams that were above 500. And another stat that I look more into is, as the favorite, Dak is 23-22 and one against the spread. Uh, the Bears, or sorry, the Browns have a winning record as of right now. Um, moving on, Bills open at minus two and have moved to minus three <clears throat> with the total also moving up by a field goal uh, from 49 and a half to 52. Wow, Buffalo's look solid through three weeks. Uh, they held off the Rams second half push and they're doing a lot of things right. Their defense is stingy. Their offense is playing efficient. Limit the turnovers, and that's a team that can make a deep playoff run. Now the Raiders have looked better than I would give them credit for normally, but other than beating the Saints, who are starting to look more and more like pretenders as the weeks go on, I think Buffalo gets an easy easy three-point cover here. That total, if I had to lean one way, I'd probably lean towards the under, expecting Buffalo to hold this Raiders team to under 21. Uh, Philly versus San Fran is the next game. Is there a prop bet for hospital visits? Next. Green Bay opened as a five point favorite versus Atlanta with a 58 point total. This total has held, but the Packers have seen enough action to, uh, to move the line to seven and a half. Given Atlanta's defense, the Packers could probably be looking at another 40 point game. They've scored 43, 42 and 37 in the first three weeks. I love the over here as Atlanta has scoring power as well, but the only defense they've shown through three weeks only seems to last a quarter or even a half at best before their Dan's burst into full-fledged shootout mode. Pack go up one or two scores early, you can say goodbye to the ground game and there you have Matt Ryan throwing for 400 yards in a meaningless performance because he continues to play from behind. Uh, my game of the week here is Chiefs versus Patriots, uh, where the Chiefs have dropped a half point from seven and a half opening line. The total on the other hand has gained that half point moving from 53 and a half to a hard 54. Uh, Cam's looked great so far. Uh, Pat Mahomes looks great so far. So I think we're in for a great game. I don't personally wanna make a bet here because I just wanna be able to enjoy the game. But my betting brain says to take the Patriots to cover the touchdown, but it's so hard to go against Mahomes. Rams are 13-point favorites against the Giants with a total of 48. The Giants are competing for Trevor Lawrence at this point. Saquon's injured. You have to wonder, do they even care to try to hide that they're tanking? Um, You scored one touchdown in the seven quarters since Saquon has been injured. You look hopeless. Pitt versus Tennessee has been taken off the books as of right now. The Titans have the first outbreak of COVID in the NFL, as eight personnel have tested positive since the Vikings game. The Vikings game has also been temporarily taken down as the Titans and Vikings are now under the NFL safety protocol for COVID and have had their facilities closed until Saturday, thus bringing their Sunday's games into question. The Vikings on Sunday reported no positive tests And are awaiting their next set of tests before they can confirm whether their players did or did not contract the titans have confirmed that eight personnel did test positive Uh, next game arizona opens as minus three and a half in carolina where the panthers are looking to build on their first w with teddy bridgewater and the cards are looking to bounce back from their first loss after a good start Uh, Carolina pulled off the outright upset last week against the Chargers while Arizona slipped as favorites to the Lions by a field goal. For me it's hard to make a prediction here as both teams are possibly heading in different directions. Arizona opened with a win against San Francisco and Washington and this turned a lot of people's heads before they had a setback in Detroit. The Panthers were a fourth down play away from starting 1-0 and even showed signs of life in week two against the Bucks before finally notching their first W this weekend. It's a tough matchup as neither team seems to really have like a set identity yet. Cardinals seem to wanna be building on this offense, but their offense sorta kinda stalls at points in the game and they're not able to sustain everything just yet. But once they settle in and figure that out, Arizona will be a scary team going forward. And the Panthers are sort of in a similar boat since Christian McCaffrey went down. They need to figure out how they're gonna spread the ball and keep teams guessing. And they need to hope Christian McCaffrey can come back sooner than later. Uh, Chargers are traveling to Tampa Bay, and I think the Chargers are gonna cover the seven and a half that they're giving Tampa Bay. Uh, this line has shifted a full field goal, so it started at 4.5 and, and has since moved to 7.5. Uh, given how well Herbert's played in his two games, I think they could be in a position to get out an outright upset on top of covering the spread, and I think that's because their pass rush is a very, very good equalizer. Um, the total here's at 43 and a half, and this seems a bit low, granted the Chargers have yet to put like A high scoring total on the board but if your quarterback's throwing 300 yards a game you're gonna crack the goal line soon once he puts this all together i'm still not sold that the buccaneers have a good defense and so the over probably hits and like i said i i truly think the chargers come out with the outright spread upset and could possibly even make the push for the outright upset Ravens opened at 12 and a half they've moved up a half point to a full 13 Uh, as a makeup game seems in order here after they got spanked around on Monday night versus the Chiefs. I think the Ravens will be in control for most of if not all of this game. Uh, The question is just how much they win by 10 13 17 20. Uh, This is a spread I won't be bothering to play with because They don't need point spreads in the NFL. There's no power ranking system like in college football. So if you don't like a spread, don't take it. Uh, Moving on to college football for some quick early line takes. You have Clemson at minus 28 and the total is 55. Clemson hung 49 points in the first half of a game and then decided to scrimmage for the second half. Virginia did start slow against Duke and got some offensive momentum going in the second half as they were pulling away. I think this 55 total should be a breeze as Clemson has the firepower, clearly, to roll 49 points in two quarters. So if they play a full four quarters of football, they should probably still hit in the 40s. The question is then whether Virginia is able to score and not tuck tail after they fall behind by two or three scores. If they can get to 17 or 21, that's an easy over. Oklahoma minus seven versus Iowa State. After an absolute shocker against Kansas State, Oklahoma is in need of a bounce back game. If they're gonna have any hopes of making a playoff push or salvaging one to say the least, voters usually forgive early season losses. And I think this season more than ever, early season loss will probably be forgiven, but they need to come out swinging against Iowa State and make a big cover as Iowa State didn't look too good in their first game either. Mississippi State and Mike Leach will make for an interesting SEC in the coming years and considering how Mike Leach likes his offense to run, I'm leaning towards the over 69. They hung 44 on LSU in Baton Rouge and granted lots of pieces were missing for that LSU team. But considering how this offseason has been and what that would mean for any coach coming into a new place, implementing a system and getting used to new players, I'd say Mike Leach deliver big time to start his tenure in the SEC. I think there's going to be points and Mississippi State will have lots of them. Uh, Virginia Tech opens at minus 10 and a half against Duke and I want to take them to cover as well. Duke has looked like it's ready to play basketball since this season started, as this football team has had maybe two good quarters of football combined in their three games. I'm leaning towards the under 53 and a half as well. Despite Virginia Tech losing Bud Foster to retirement, they were able to jump out to a 31-10 lead at halftime versus NC State before they allowed 14 more points in the second half, but they cruised to a 45-24 win over NC State. Duke probably won't score 24, and their defense has played somewhat well despite the amount of times they've seen the field this season. Uh, Bama by 17, Roll Tide next. Texas Tech at K-State. I have Texas Tech on the money line and over 63 and a half. Texas Tech is coming off a massive shootout with Texas and they fell just short, 63 to 56. Both teams accumulated for 119 points right there. Kansas State pulled off an outright upset last week against Oklahoma after being upset themselves at the hands of Arkansas State. I'd say K-State was the beneficiary of some questionable reads from Spencer Rattler and that put them in the position to win and they closed out the game. I like Tech for the outright upset. Generally, you're going to get a lot of points out of Tech on a week to week basis. So I'm expecting a bigger letdown performance from Kansas State after having just upset Oklahoma, while the Red Raiders are probably still feeling a bit hungry as they were just a few plays away from pulling off the upset versus state rival Texas. Uh, Next game I look at, I see minus 17 and a half for Florida over South Carolina. The Gators have an offense for the first time in a long time, and To match that with their defense alone is scary, so I don't have much more to say than uh, seeing them have a quarterback is gonna be very scary for teams that have Florida on their schedule. Uh, Last game, Baylor minus three at West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia did hang around with OK State for a little bit, but when it really came down to it, there just isn't enough firepower there to score. They never really threatened the Cowboys in the second half, so I'm expecting kind of more of the same against Baylor. So just to quickly recap on the early lines, I'm liking Chargers to cover the spread. I like the over in that game. I think the Rams should cruise over the Giants. The Pats, I like to cover seven and a half. I like the over in Atlanta Green Bay. Buffalo to cover the two and a half and probably the under in that game. Browns to cover the five and a half against the Cowboys. And Seattle to cover the touchdown against Miami. Just to quickly recap the college picks, I'm leaning towards Clemson's spread, but I'd avoid it because Clemson has yet to cover a spread. Whether that's on purpose or not is to be determined, but their total of 55 should be a good over. Oklahoma to cover their spread of seven. Over in the Mississippi State game, if that I'm currently seeing it at 69, they'll easily hit in the forties and probably give up about 30-ish. So, over in the Mississippi State game, I like Virginia Tech to cover against Duke. I'm not sold 100% on the under, but I'm leaning towards the under in that game as well. Bama to cover Texas Tech on the money line for the straight up upset and over 63 and a half in that game. Florida Gators to cover, Baylor to cover. And that wraps up this Tuesday's episode of the Steak Sauce podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm your host Bugs Bryant. We'll see you again on Thursday night. But before we go, here's the answer to your Steak Sauce Podcast trivia question. The question was, who was the last number one overall draft pick to catch a touchdown? The answer is Keyshawn Johnson. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice what not a game we're talking about practice. dodge this i'm the best in the world and that's the bottom line because don't go set up bro what are you talking about man